What's up, everybody? This is Angelo coming at you with episode 198 of Spinning Thoughts. We have premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Those episodes become available on all podcast platforms the following Monday. We're on all social media at Spin Thoughts, except for YouTube. We're not good enough yet to have a handle, so you got to find us. Just search Spinning Thoughts. And we have premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Those episodes become available on all podcast platforms the following Monday. Shout out to all of you listening to the midnight premiere here on Adobe Radio. Our lovely family at Adobe put out a tweet today breaking down how time works. Believe it or not, there's always confusion from the bands we talk to, to the fans, to to myself, everybody, uh, on what the hell, when the hell does our uh, premieres happen? Because we are straddling time zones, and really, we're just that fucking awesome. That we are straddling, we're in two places at once. Wasn't that a, a walk to remember or something where they were in two places at once? That's us, spinning thoughts. So again, shout out to everybody here for the midnight premiere on Adobe Radio. If you're listening to this in the future, oh my God, podcasts, right? It's crazy. I'm talking to you from the past, but in the future, I can't understand it. This whole time thing is just really, really crazy. So we're in episode 198. For those of you that are very skillful at mathematics, which I am not, I had to use a calculator to give you this breakdown. We're two episodes away from hitting the insane milestone of 200 episodes. Now, if you include all of the audio reviews and other podcast-esque things that we do, we have surpassed uh, a cumulative of 200. But I'm talking about legitimate, full-on, long-winded, sometimes almost too much podcast episodes. We're two away. We're at 198. I remember when we hit 100. And as I say that, I don't even think I remember who the guest was on 100. I'm going to I'm going off of memory. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I feel like it was the dangerous summer. Maybe I'm, it's wishful thing. I know we've talked to the dangerous summer. Uh, and I think it was for episode 100. I could be wrong. But regardless, You know, everybody keeps asking me, Angelo, what are you going to do for episode 200? It's a huge fucking milestone. Yeah, I get it. I know. And I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. We're two episodes away. I'm going to figure it out. Uh, I have some ideas. I almost want to ask Chris Makes of Less Than Jake to be a guest again on the pod. For those of you new to Spinning Thoughts, Welcome. Uh, the reason why I would want Chris to make of Less Than Jake back on the podcast is because I had him as a guest for episode 27. 27. That was a long-ass time ago. I had barely, barely been doing this. I had no fucking clue. I still don't have much of a clue. But I didn't know what I was doing in episode 27. And to date, I still say... That my interview with Chris to makes of Less Than Jake, one of my favorite bands ever. I think it was one of my worst interviews ever. And I need redemption. 
I keep bringing it up because it bothers me and because I respect Chris and less than Jake. And I feel like I didn't give them the justice that they deserve. I asked really silly, uneducated questions. But listen, here's the honest truth. And and you all listening deserve this honesty. I was really nervous because I love less than Jake. I've learned to not let my fandom show all the time. I'm actually going to show it a little bit in this episode. Um, but maybe we'll celebrate and maybe we'll get Chris to makes of less than Jake back on for episode 200. So talking about uh, some fandom, right? My own fandom. There's a band that I really, really love. Uh, one of my favorite bands of, of really all time. We're going to talk about a particular situation that they have created for themselves, I guess. It's the used and they recently canceled a headlining tour in the UK. We're going to talk about that and I'm going to share some of my opinions. There's a lot of thoughts and opinions circulating the social media about this. I'm going to share what I think about it really off the cuff. It's been on my mind, but I I really don't even know what I'm going to say until I'm about to say it. I'm also going to talk about the insane, insane, do you notice the intentional pause, the insane lineup for Four Chord Music Festival 7, the seventh iteration of the Pittsburgh-based DIY Music Fest run by the amazing Rishi Ball. He is also uh, the lead singer and guitarist of Pop Punk Heroes based in Pittsburgh, Eternal Boy. And oh boy, did he did he outdo himself with Four Chord Fest 7. If you don't know anything about this lineup, if you are on the other side of the world, if you're on the goddamn moon, you better find a way to get to Pittsburgh slash Washington, PA. We'll talk about that on, uh, what is it, July the 11th? A uh, memory. I shouldn't be doing memory, uh, but my memory's great. Saturday, July the 11th, as I look it up at Wild Things Park, is Four Chord Music Fest 7. I'm going to just talk about this absolutely insane, there's that pause again, lineup for Four Chord Music 7. And then, after all of that, I mean, if as if that's not enough, I'm going to share an interview that Dan Boyer, our Canadian contributor, you're like, wait, who's Dan? Well, Dan hasn't had an interview with a band in a couple months. In the interview that I'm about to tell you about, uh, I think he states it's been four months. It feels like it was just yesterday for me, but it's great to have Dan back and grinding again, talking to the bands. He's in the trenches. I say that all the time. Dan sat down and talked to one of my favorite dudes from one of my favorite bands. This is no joke. And I, I know I do say I have a lot of favorite bands, but I love Jordan black from like Pacific. Seriously love him. Love their band. I had the honor of talking to the dude. I was seriously jealous when Dan got the chance to talk to him again. Jordan, if you're listening, and fuck, you better be. You and I, we got to link up again. We got to talk because I miss you, dude. And I just love your band, and you're awesome. So we have a lot to cover here in episode 198. And why don't we dive into it right now? We're going to kick off talking about the used. As I mentioned... They just recently canceled their headlining tour in the UK, Special Guest Movements, another amazing band. You know, there's been a lot of talk about this, and a lot of people are pissed, and I think rightfully so, all right? 
I do. I think that it's absolutely understandable to be a little angry, especially if you were one of those people that either are from the UK, Europe, maybe you were even traveling over the pond from Canada, from the States, from other countries, from other places to catch this uh, this run of shows. Yeah, you're inconvenienced, and yeah, you probably lost some money, and even if none of that's true, you're still probably a little pissed about it, and I totally get it, but I want to share just some thoughts. I've, I've been thinking about it for a while in our group chat here at uh, the Spinning Thoughts uh, HQ, that's headquarters. Uh, you know, we, we've had some opinions shared about it. I didn't share mine with really anybody, but I feel like today it's important to do so. It, you're going to see this go full circle because, spoiler alerts, when we move on to the Four Chord Music Fest 7 convo, the used is on that lineup, all right? So this is all going to kind of correlate here for you. I feel like I need to give some uh, precursor, maybe like a heads up uh, on where I land with the used overall. Uh, I already said it uh, in the introduction. The used is one of my favorite bands of all time. I love Burt, the uh, lead singer of the band. When I was in middle school and high school, I played in a bunch of bands, and we covered the used all the time. I don't have a great singing voice. I think Burt does. I think it's one of the most uh, more unique uh, voices in the music community, but it was his uh, his unclean, his dirty vocals that always inspired me. I am more of a screamer myself, and my bands used to cover the used all the time. The Taste of Ink, uh, maybe Memories. Uh, I'm trying to uh, blue and yellow. I'm again memory. Maybe I, maybe I shouldn't be going off of memory because the older I get, the worse the memory is getting. So I'm gonna read the statement that the used put out recently and again understand I'm a huge fan of the used and spoiler alert I'm on the side if you read my tweet recently I'm on the side of understanding with them canceling this tour so let me read this statement to you and then I'll give some thoughts and of course I would love to know your thoughts because all thoughts are valid there's no right or wrong let us know on all social media at Spin Thoughts. Here is the statement from The Used. We are very sorry to announce that we will not be able to come to the UK and Europe in May and June. An opportunity has arisen for The Used that we absolutely couldn't turn down. Big news update to be revealed ASAP. We apologize to all our fans who already made plans to see us and we promise to make it up to you very, very soon. In the meantime, if you're heading to Slam Dunk, have a great time. It's a killer lineup, and any tickets for our headline shows are refundable at point of purchase. So there's a lot to kind of break down in this statement. Let's break it down. The Used, a very, very well-known band, at least in this music world, uh, the world of music that you and I live in. I think they're fucking awesome and huge. They're they're a big name band. They have a huge discography of music with another in the pipeline on April the 24th. Again, this memory. Why do I do things off memory? I have a computer in front of me. I think I'm right. So they cancel a headlining tour in the UK and Europe. So a lot of the opinions on this 
lean toward obviously the people that spent money to either get hotel accommodations, reservations, uh, traveling, gas, passports, if that's uh, something that you need to do. Just simply not being able to see a band that you love and that you support. Yeah, it's very, very disheartening. So that's definitely an aspect of it. The other aspect, another, is the support band. So I, I know that movements was the main support. My guess is is that they were going to have local bands from the varying venues and cities and locations that they were playing. I'm sure that they were going to have maybe one, two uh, local support bands as well. And And let's be serious here, and this is where the conversation really tends to go, it's ruining that opportunity for smaller bands to be in a spotlight that the use shines, that they possess. And that does suck. That really does. Uh, I'm not going to deny that. Then there's also Slam Dunk Fest, which they mentioned. So the use was going to play Slam Dunk, and that's a massive festival in that area. And there's still really amazing bands playing on it. So... You know, no excuses if you're going to slam dunk. You're, you know, yeah, it sucks. The use ain't playing, but you're not missing out. There's many, many, many others. And then I'm seeing a lot of people that are almost pissed off at the fact, at, at almost at, at the reason as to why. I think I actually think that this is the nucleus to to the anger or the 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 dissension amongst the used fans. It's almost like they were looking and hoping for like a more quote unquote legitimate excuse for them to cancel. I don't know what that means. Like what? Somebody gets sick in the band or, you know, nobody hopes anything tragic or, you know, whatever happens. I mean, I don't know what everybody's looking for, but but I guess fans are saying on social media that this is not a good excuse. They'd rather know that something bad happened than them taking a different opportunity. And look, I get the perspective. And I'm seeing it being talked about on social media that you feel like you're second best, that the UK and and Europe tour dates were good enough until something else better came along. And look, I mean, I think that's what it is. They they say an opportunity has arisen for the use that we absolutely couldn't turn down. And so that's where I come in with some of my opinions and thoughts. So being in a band, being in the music industry... It's got to be one of the hardest things. Not many bands are doing this and literally only doing this. Uh, you'll hear Jordan from Like Pacific talk to Dan about the, the the glorification of of people in bands. Like Jordan works at a bar when he's not on tour, when he's not in the studio recording. How do you think these things happen? I don't know what the used situation is, but it's not easy and it doesn't really pay the bills. We all benefit from their hard work and from their art. But I don't think we always consider just all of the logistics and intricacies that go into seriously being in a band, especially with longevity like the used. And so that's where my opinion comes in. Look, if an opportunity came about for the used, that's bigger and more lucrative. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Like, to make more money, I don't call them a sellout. Or I actually hate the whole sellout thing. Because if bands aren't making money, they're not making music. Period. And then you're not listening to it. And you're not going to see them live. And and then what do we have? We don't have much. 
So if an opportunity that is bigger than them headlining a tour in the UK and Europe, and I'm sure the U's have played there before, but for many bands, that's a pipe dream, right? To be able to to, to travel internationally and tour and sell out shows. If they have an opportunity that is larger than what they had would you turn it down? That's the question that I ask you, and it's the question that I ask myself. Would you turn down? So I don't even know what this opportunity is. I don't believe the used have announced this opportunity. We're going to talk. I mean, I've already spoiled it that they're on this four-chord Music Fest 7 lineup. Wait till you hear who else is on it. I don't think that that's the reason why they stopped going to the UK and Europe for this tour. But would you... If your livelihood, if the trajectory of your band, if if the success of your band would be better from making this this decision, knowing that you're going to piss people off, maybe lose fans. I think they have. They'll come back around because the band's too damn good. I don't know. I'm not too big of a person to say that I wouldn't do the same thing. And if you are, then great. Good for you. I don't know if you... Or in the music industry then, because it is cutthroat and opportunities don't always come around. And to be honest with you, turning down opportunities can sometimes unravel and derail your career. So ultimately, the used, they canceled their UK and Europe tour. I admit that that's a shitty thing to do. The used, I still love you. I understand. And this opportunity... That you absolutely couldn't turn down. Better be fucking epic. That's all I got to say about that. So the used, I love you still. And I hope that anybody who is turned off by the used because of this. Just be a little more understanding. They're human beings. This helps them put food on the table. And if that's what it all boils down to. That's not selling out. That's just them being business savvy. And that's what being in a band and being in this industry is. There's nothing wrong with that. So, we mentioned the U's, the UK, and Europe tour being canceled. But for those of you in the States, more specifically in Pennsylvania, and even more, more specifically in the Pittsburgh and Washington, PA area, you're really not concerned about what happened in the UK because the used will be on Four Chord Music Fest 7. And before I tell you this lineup, you may already know it, but running a podcast, you have to tee shit, right? Four Chord Music, Seven Obvious, it's an annual festival. I've been utterly impressed by this festival. If you listen back to early episodes, you'll hear Rishi Ball, the mastermind behind Four Chord. He was one of our first guests on the show. And I have credited Four Chord to be the reason why I started spinning thoughts, Um it's a wild story, and, and, and I'm going to make you go back and listen to it. Maybe I'll tell it again sometime. But Four Chord has meant a lot to me. It's meant a lot to the Pittsburgh area, to a lot of local bands that get the opportunity to play, to a lot of regional bands, and of course, uh, just to music lovers and fans from all around the country and world. There are people that travel uh, internationally to come to this thing. There were, you know, some things last year with the fest where uh, The Offspring canceled, I think, day of. And that is no reflection on Rishi or Four Chord. That's a reflection on The Offspring. And screw them uh, for it. Uh, You know, yes, I'm being understanding about The Used. I should be understanding about The Offspring. 
and I guess I am. I don't know much about the reasoning behind why they canceled. Uh, I just really don't care. Um, that's a different animal. But four chord seven, if, if there was a way to make up for whatever happened, again, out of the control of Rishi and those involved with four chord, if there was a way to make this shit up to fans, four chord music fest seven is literally the epitome of that. So Saturday, July the 11th, which by the way, four chord in the past, to my knowledge, has always been on a Sunday. And a lot of people always complained about that. Suck it up. Okay. It's now on a Saturday. It's in Washington, PA, and some people are, you know, talking about that. Washington, PA from Pittsburgh is honestly like a 20-minute drive down one of the only highways that doesn't have a tunnel and doesn't have much traffic. So you're fine. You're fine. Washington, PA, it's a nice place. It's at Wild Things Park. That's uh, some level of a baseball team, semi-professional. I don't know. I'm not a baseball fan. I've never been to the park. I think it's great that it's in Washington and that it's at this ballpark. <laughs> it's going to be really interesting to see how Rishi and Forcord go about the setup and the lineup and structure and all of that jazz that I have no clue how he does it or they do it. No clue. So this is going to be just insanely, insanely epic and wild. There's a ton of sponsors. And I'm sure some of you care about the sponsors. I don't. I care about the bands. And I know that's why you're here. So let's talk about this. If, if this is news to you, then I'm going to look like a stud because the headliner is Blink-182. Blink-182. I know Rishi well enough to know that he hasn't slept for days, weeks, months knowing that Blink-182 is headlining for Chord Music Fest 7. When you listen to Eternal Boy, I, I'm not saying that they they certainly don't rip off Blink, but the inspiration is there. Who, does, who hasn't been inspired by Blink? Damn It was the first song I ever learned on bass and then also learned on guitar. So Blink-182 is headlining this. That is insane. Kudos, Rishi Ball, for making that happen. Then we have the used, as I mentioned, uh, former four-chord music fest uh, band State Champs is back on it. That's the third band on this lineup, by the way. The State Champs is the third band. Then we have Four Years Strong. Their new album, Brain Pain, is absolutely amazing. It just recently dropped via Pure Noise, so listen to that. And then check out the uh, the the other support artists that are on the bill. The Ataris. Hit the lights. I think they've been on almost every single four-chord music fest, and rightfully so. Sleep on it. A band that is just continuing to rise up and warrant your attention. Of course, Eternal Boy is on there. And Eternal Boy rocks. They should be on there. Not just because Rishi's putting this thing on, but they fit the bill and they are amazing. Patent Pending are vets of Four Chord and they are really great. Keep Flying has been on Four Chord for quite some time. Henry, uh, the vocalist, guitarist is just one of the hardest working dudes in the music community. Fortune Cove, which is a band, to my knowledge, that is signed to Four Chord Music, which is also a label. I mean, come on. Rishi, what else can you accomplish in 24 hours? I don't know. And then Lookout Loretta is a Pittsburgh local. They've been on the fest, I believe, in the past. They're very, very talented. And what a fucking bill for them to be a part of. 
I just want to say, if you have nothing to do, even if you have something or a lot to do on Saturday, July the 11th, it might be in your best interest, no matter where you are, to find a way to Pittsburgh slash Washington, Pennsylvania at Wild Things Park, Saturday, July the 11th. It's a Saturday. Again, I believe most of these four chords have been on a Sunday, so no more complaints there. Four Chord Music Fest 7 will feature Blink-182, The Used, State Champs, Four Years Strong, and many, many more. We have premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Those episodes become available on all podcast platforms the following Monday. We're on all social media at Spin Thoughts, and our website is thespinningthoughts.com. If you are anything familiar with Spinning Thoughts, you know, you know I can't go this way. It's been a while. We're what, 20, almost maybe 28 minutes by the time the intros and stuff are placed in in post-pro. We're right under 30 minutes in. We just took our first break, and I haven't even played a song yet, so I'm going to have to fix that. We're going to listen to a song from Like Pacific, and this is just to get the blood and the energy and the vibes flowing before we hear the interview Dan had with Jordan Black of Like Pacific. Now, let me tell you a little bit about this conversation. Dan got invited to go to this. It's the inaugural Emo Night North. It was in Hamilton, Ontario at the Doors Pub. It was on Saturday, March the 7th, so it was just this past weekend at the time of this taping. Like Pacific was the main uh, the main band on the bill. Uh, main support was Romancer, Nightwell, and Hot Knives. That's a hell of a lineup. I say this all the time. Canada has just so many different amazing hubs, music communities. I've never been to Canada. I'm embarrassed. I have two writers that live in Canada. And yeah, they've kind of invited me up there. I feel like they haven't really pushed for me to come up there yet. I I don't know. I just feel like I need a little bit more from Dan and Elliot before it feels like they really want me to go. I do need to get up there. Uh, this uh, this event that Dan got invited to, it's, it's always great to see Spinning Thoughts uh, and any member of it to be invited, especially to something like this brand new with, with these amazing bands. So Dan attended this Emo Night North and he got to sit down and talk to Jordan Black of Like Pacific. Uh, their last uh, release was July of 2018 via Pure Noise Records titled In Spite of Me. It was one of my favorite albums of 2018. I still listen to it on the regular. It's in my favorites list. It's on playlists for me. And I'm going to share with you the title track In Spite of Me right here, right now. Mary to my knees. I hope you find some sort of pace in spite of me. To get in mine
So that was the title track off the latest album, In Spite of Me, from Like Pacific. We have premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Those episodes become available on all podcast platforms the following Monday. We're on all social media at Spin Thoughts, and our website is thespinningthoughts.com. Without making you wait any longer, I am thrilled to anytime share with you a conversation, this one specifically with Dan and Jordan Black of Like Pacific. Hello, hello, Dan Boyer, Canadian contributor for Spinning Thoughts, and I'm here with Jordan from Like Pacific. What's going on? You know, out here in Hamilton uh, in a parking lot doing our thing. Absolutely. We are at the Doors Pub, and uh, Like Pacific is headlining uh, tonight's show with Romancer and Hot Knives and Nightwell. Yep. (laughs) It is the inaugural Emo Night North show. uh, It's the first one, so we're going off tonight. And this is insane. It's so small in there. It's it's sold out. It's like a 100-cap venue. And there's 100 tickets sold, or I think it's 95, and they're losing 20 at the door. So that makes no sense, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be an interesting evening. <laughs> very, very claustrophobic, for sure. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you for taking some time here with Spinning Thoughts. Um, like Pacific has been a band now for um, 10 years. Is that right? Yeah, like 10 years. I'd say like... We've been like a touring band for f- four and a half, five, but we've been, uh, yeah, we've been a band for like 10 years. Yeah. Just shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm interested to know, um, what is something that you wish you knew something now that you wish you knew back then when the band started relative to touring or recording or like getting involved with management or labels what is something that at the beginning of the band or when you really kind of began to um become more invested in it like five years ago what's something that you wish you would have known uh i don't know honestly like i wish i knew that I wish I, I don't know, like, just, like, hanging out at merch and stuff like that. I wish, like, I made more, way more connections than I did. I kind of, not like, I don't know, we just kind of would play the show when we were so excited and we were, like, we were in new cities all the time and I didn't really take the time to just hang out at, like, a lot of the shows. I kind of dipped off a lot, which is weird, but that and also, like, saving money for tour. I wish I knew how to save money for tour. I know how to do it now because I'm a little older, but, I mean, when I was younger, I just, I spent all my money on like I was like, oh, we're in a new city, and I would just spend so much money on the most random shit. And I was like, okay, now I'm broke for two and a half more weeks, and that's it was awful. So yeah, financial stuff. That's what I'm gonna say. Absolutely, that's the part that people don't necessarily see, right? Yeah, they just think like, cool, we get to tour. And... No, it's like you get to a new city, and then you're all excited, so you go to like every restaurant you think is cool on the internet or whatever, and then you just like miss out on a lot of shit because you're doing that and spending money. Then you realize like, oh, I spent so much money on this shit, and then you got to eat like mcdonald's for two weeks and well you're eating it anyways but then you're eating for three meals a day now after that so yeah yeah i I haven't been down to this like touring in the states but i've heard the stories about these places called wawa and sheets or something sheets and cookout and raising canes and whataburger are so sick and that's that's like every time we go i mean those are all like in different areas of the u.s but yeah that's where the money goes (laughs) a lot of that so if you're going to go out on the road, be be prepared for that. 
save save money. Just just save buy groceries, non perishable stuff. Eat out of cans. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm also interested to know um, over the last little while, as I interview different bands, um, one of the things I hear most consistently um especially from like younger bands that are starting i'll say like how did you you know get into this kind of music or like what inspired you to begin this your band or whatever and they'll be like i was um i was like 16 and i got into like like pacific and seaway um which i mean i think is kind of rad it's it's that's i've like i've heard that obviously before but it's like still insane that that's like people are like oh i got into music or i started my first show was like pacific when i was 16 and that's why i started this band or like oh like we'll, we'll meet bands that we're friends with and they'll go like yo like this record was a banger oh my god and then they're like, they're like a huge band now or like just the fact that they're like they're they're doing it and it's because they like went to shows like us in seaway and like cold front and stuff like that i'm like that's insane yeah, it's really it's really interesting. I mean, not to make it about me, but like from my perspective, because you guys kind of seem like um, a little bit of um, a later wave. Uh, I guess it just all depends on perspective, right? I mean, like you guys had forerunners. You had like Silverstein, Grade, Alexis on Fire, right? So, and I'm guessing like bands like that, those bands are the bands, Billy Talent maybe, that inspired you to begin is that true i mean yeah like i mean at the time in like 2010 like because i didn't really listen to a lot of pop punk or like any of that kind of stuff really anymore i was in the mix of like i had like uh the emo phase and then like the deathcore phase and then like the hardcore punk phase and like it was whatever but like i think they're all mutually exclusive or they're not whatever but it uh it was one of those things where at the time in 2010, like Man Overboard and Transit and all these bands were putting out stuff, and I'd never heard of this kind of real like music and like Story So Far and stuff. And we were like, "This is like a huge thing that's happening." All these bands kind of like you know like they don't sound similar, but they're in the same genre really. So they were getting big and shit like that. So we were kind of like we're like you know we took like the elements of like listening to Silverstein and Hawthorne Heights and all these bands we loved before, and and then kind of went forward and it was like, okay, now it's Man Overboard and Transit stuff like that, like. You know, like, there was, like, so many different influences, but, like, those were the biggest bands at that time, too. So, and that's right around when we started, too, right? So, our guitar player, like, loved that, hit the lights and all that shit. Hit the lights, nice. He loved hit the lights, and he loved, uh, uh, I I can't remember that other band's name, uh, Farewell, and stuff like that. So, it's like, you know, we've had, yeah, lots of influences, whether it's, like, older, like, nostalgic stuff or, like, stuff for even from, it's still kind of old, 10 years. But, I mean, yeah, stuff from, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, I just I, and some of those bands like Silverstein like still going, just put out a record, I think, right? Yeah, they just put yeah, and like uh, Princess Nokia on the the first track, which is well, apparently she's like a huge, huge Silverstein stan, which is so sick for them. So I mean, I mean, it's just insane. So yeah, no, thank you. I was just interested to hear your your reflections on how it feels to be seen as um, an influence for. Um, people that have come after and begun bands and such there's been a while where like it was just like us and seaway and cold front and safe to say uh and stuff like that like the the head of like ontario stuff and then you know i don't like i mean i'm maybe a little bit of touch with it there's not a lot of younger bands that are still doing it but then every once in a while there's like i I go go like sneaky d's or something i'll see a band 
and there'll be like the opening band is like kids I've seen at shows that like love us or like loved us or whatever and they're just in bands I'm like that's sick like like they, you know what I mean? Like they're continuing on, they're carrying the torch. So well, exactly. That's that's I think what it illustrates is just the way the torch continues to be be carried, which is um, you know kind of rad. So um, <clears throat> one of the other things I've noticed specifically about Like Pacific and about yourself as the lead singer of Like Pacific is that um, when touring bands come through um, Ontario. Uh, you tend to hop on and <laughs> sing and do the do the guest vocals thing. Oh, really? Nice. You knew it was coming. Um, so I'm wonder. I'm just wondering. Like, uh, I think. I mean, I think it's pretty sick. But I'm just wondering. Like, what's what that's about? Does that just come out of friendships that you've made from previous tours, etc.? It's strictly friendship, and maybe me punishing a little bit and being like, "Hey, let me do a guest spot." And they're like, "Yeah, absolutely." Because like bands like Boston Manor and like Movements, we toured together, and then like didn't listen to them but then we toured them and I got into them and then we'd like know all the songs by the end of the tour because you're hearing it for 30 days straight and then I would just like sing it or like I'd do like one guest vocal spot and then we'd I'd go see them in Toronto we'd hang out all day and I'd go yo do you want to do a guest vocal spot tonight or I'd be like yo can I do that can I do that part in this song and they go yeah and it's like all right and it became this thing where people were tweeting like okay like I'm gonna see Jordan at every fucking show like doing this like when does it end like oh my god probably never but <laughs> Awesome. No, keep it, keep, keep it going. Keep doing it. Um, how, how do you think, um, like Pacific's, um, music has, um, evolved over time if it has at all? Uh, I mean like when we first started, we were definitely on that easy core kind of thing. Um, and like, like that real traditionally pop punky kind of stuff, I guess. But as we got older, I think it's a little more riffy and a little more aggressive. I don't think it's, it's it's still pop punk. It is. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, I think I, I think it, it branches out into a lot of other stuff, though. You know, what I mean, it's a little it's a little more aggressive and a little more rocky, I'd say. But I mean, it's still relatively the same. I think the last record is more heavy and aggressive. I mean, heavy. I quote that loosely. But then distant was. Um, I think distant was a little more poppy. But it's just like you know, you can't do the same thing over and over again. So we're still doing what we're doing, but it's definitely progressing. I'd say for sure. Yeah, the motivating factor behind the songs um, seems to be, um, I don't know, I don't know how to phrase it, aggression or yeah. like, wasn't it you guys that had the, like, it was like, like Pacific Stay Pissed? Yeah. Isn't that you guys? Oh, God, yeah, cringe, cringe. <laughs> but, um, well, I mean, no, but like sick, but also cringe. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just wondering um, what motivates you um, and what motivates the band when you're writing songs. I mean, I always kind of like the more, like, I don't really like, I mean, the sad stuff is cool, like, I mean, but I, I always find that I like bands with vocals that have, like, obviously something more to say, that it's, like, a little, it's a little more aggressive and, like, in your face, less, you know, I don't know, there's just one of those things where I've always wanted it to be harsh, and I kind of, we went in a direction, and I think that's what, like, Pacific is, and, like, that's, like, Pacific sound now, it's just, like, aggressive punk pop punk like you know like kind of thing uh with like obviously emo in there but you know i think yeah just the aggressive shit was like what we really wanted to do and i what i wanted to do in the first songwriting i was like i couldn't really think about writing softer stuff or singing so i don't really sing so i don't like singing softly everyone's like oh you should sing softly your voice is good and i'm like i feel so awkward doing it so i feel like that was my motivation i was like all right well i'm gonna just sing how i want to sing and it's gonna be loud and angry so yeah, yeah that's kind of how it went well, but then it's authentic, yeah? 
Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's exactly what I want to do. I'm not doing it because I, like, you know, we're all on a label and, like, the label wants you to do this. Matters. It's like, none of that exists. It's like, we we just doing what we want to do. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you have some help and stuff like that with producers and, like, obviously, like, you listen to critiques and stuff like that. But um, ultimately, I'm doing exactly what I want to do, you know? So that's it. Yeah. Nice. No, that's good. Um, and relatively recently, well, it might... A little while. It's been a little while now, but uh, you guys welcomed um, Brad Garcia uh, into the band, and um, Brad is also in uh, Locket. And I um, I spoke to Brad about this when I interviewed Locket um, a, a while ago um, about how being in both bands. Um, influences what he does in each of them um and i'm just wondering about your your perspective like what has brad who's um you know a member of an established touring band um what has he brought to um like pacific well like brad's always been like brad is one of the best songwriters i've ever met so and i've always liked safe to say and you know now lock it but I always like how they sounded, and so I, I obviously Safe to Say was changing a bunch of stuff up, changing their name and writing new stuff and taking their time with it, obviously, to make it, like, really good. And he wasn't doing much, really, besides doing that and obviously taking, you know, working and living his life. So I think he, it was kind of like a, hey, I'll join your band. Like, I'll, I'll go on tour with you for the four-year strong tour, and then we asked him to join the band, and he was into it. Um, and, like, he didn't obviously do anything on In Spider Me because, you know, he wasn't around for the recording process of that. But now for like the new stuff we're writing right now for the new record he is so much input and it's fucking crazy it just it it's like a it, it it's like and it's not like it doesn't sound like locket or say to say it's just like he knows what to write you know what i mean like he can make everything he can make like specific sound like like specific but like amped up and like better like he knows what he's doing so it's just crazy to have that input now because you know we it's just like a different it's a different person you know what i mean so it's cool Sounds like he brings a pretty positive uh, element. Right now. I'm talking about you, Brad, right now. Hi, Brad. Hi. <laughs> um, and uh, you're on Pure Noise and have been for a little while now. Yeah. Five years, wow. How did um, that relationship come about? So, I mean, our ex-bass player, Chris, he he was always like the, si- the business side of things, too. And he would, you know, he would reach out to a lot of people and... We kind of got hooked up, and Chris kind of made that meant or that that fucking bond with Pure Noise, and then we kind of they picked us up at the same time. They were picking up Seaway, I think, and I remember him being like, "Jake was like, oh, like I don't know what I want to, I like it, I don't know what I want to do with you though. I'm like doing something right now." And he was signing Seaway actually, and then we got signed like a couple months later, and then we we're like, "Sick, okay, cool." But yeah, we just got lucky. I don't know, fuck, like so many, like that was ultimately the label we wanted to be on, and we got on it, which is insane. So. Yeah, it's a very good fit. Absolutely. Um, you, you touched on it a little bit earlier, um, the bit around having artistic freedom to do what you want on your records. Um, what are some of the things that um, about being on a record label that people um, don't necessarily see? <laughs> That's okay. What what are some of the things about being on a record label like Pure Noise yep. that that people don't necessarily see? I mean, honestly, it's just like people think that record label stuff is like, oh, you're a guy, you're getting fancy hotels every night, and you're 
you and fucking blow and all this crazy shit. It's like, no, none of that ever happens. And like, the, the, the record label's flying you out to do this crazy thing. It's like, no, it's like they're there to put out the records and help you along the way. And it's like the biggest help in the entire world. But people don't see that. You know what I mean? They're just like, they think, they think way too much of it, honestly. But it's, but it is a lot. You know what I mean? They, they still take care of a lot of shit. So it's kind of cool. Like, they definitely like have an input on the record. They obviously, signed us for a reason you know what i mean so it's it's sick so i don't know yeah one of those things <laughs> absolutely yeah so what i'm hearing is that it um it makes a difference but um also you guys are just like normal dudes yeah, who happen to and those guys are fucking normal guys too like they they're just very smart and they have a great record label that's doing really well and so i think that people just think that like Oh, if you have a manager, he's like, this guy comes and wears a fucking suit and buys you bottles of Ciroc and comes here like, and gets you bottle service and shit. It's like not like that. But it's like they're definitely as, just as helpful and just in, in actual business ways, you know? Everyone thinks that's just like schmoozing. It's less schmoozing. It's more like actually there to help you and like help your band grow and progress. So, Absolutely, absolutely. And I, like when I think about, yeah, when I think about your manager, um, who I believe is adam now adam adam clark and rich fernandez like they're not like no those are like people of all time and rich is like chill as fuck too so it's like you know and and they're very hands-on which is fucking amazing you know we've had managers before that didn't do fuck all it's like it's an it's a breath of fresh air and like it's it's yeah it's just it's just great it's cool yeah no bottles of ciroc just like if rich gets me a bottle of ciroc i'll I'll scream i don't know but i don't know if i want it but but i I mean i'll take it sure why not (laughs) but just like normal chill dudes that help you do what you love they're just in there doing exactly what they want to do which is cool as fuck so it's like yeah it's a win-win for both of us it's not like rich is going like i said rich is going with like 50 gold chains on his neck and he's renting out an entire hotel for us to i don't know fucking i don't know yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely I do because I see it. I mean, I see it from the other side. Like kids that are like, I just met, you know, insert Ben. And it's like, and they're just totally overwhelmed with like starstruck. And I'm just like, seriously? Yeah, like, like they're I'm, just normal dudes. Yeah, I'm like normal. I had like, I pay a lot of money to live in Toronto in like a one bedroom apartment. And like, I don't have any money and I work at a bar. <laughs> like, I mean, like, yeah, thank you for thinking I'm like something for writing like music and stuff like that. And I appreciate it. But like, I'm there's like nothing really separates it besides the fact is I got lucky to do it. You know what I mean? Or I, yeah, I just got lucky doing what I'm doing. So that's it. What is your favorite thing about doing what you do about being in like Pacific? It used to be touring for sure. Cause you could just go to so many places. I mean, we just don't like, we don't tour as much anymore. We definitely are going to be touring again, like a lot, but it's now it's just, fuck. It's just playing like, shows it's just like playing not necessarily touring but like playing a couple like runs with your friends like that is absolutely bringing it back to what we used to do you know but on a bigger scale and it's just like that's like tonight like we're playing doors pub 100 cap room small as hell in there it's a floor set i know a lot of bands out there who are like you know maybe as established as us or bigger or whatever would complain about like just like that but it's like no this is a this is the sickest thing ever that's cool as fuck so i think just like yeah like playing all these like kind of diy things and and we neglected Canada for a little bit, like, because we played Toronto so much, we exhausted it and just toured the U.S. like crazy and, and the U.K. And now it's like we've been playing Toronto, like Christmas shows every year and, and like Hamilton and London and stuff like that. And it's like, that's amazing. Like, that's sick. So I think it's my favorite part right now. It's just like, you know, revisiting places we haven't played in a while. So that are around your hometown, too. Exactly. Yeah. And not, not even for like the convenience of it, just the fact that it's like, you know, it's going to be good. And you know what I mean? Like, we've, because we've been playing shows here forever. So, yeah, that, I'm going to say. 
Absolutely. I always say that um, Ontario has one of the best, best, best scenes. I'm totally biased, but I've also been... <laughs> I've also been in it for 20 years, and Ontario has one of the best scenes. So if you're listening in another place and you want to, you know, do a road trip to see a band, or I know people even, like, fly places to see bands. Right now that flew from Boston to see us, and, and they they followed us on their entire last U.S. tour with Sleep On It, and I was like, this is so sick. That's 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 the best part, actually. Okay, I'll take it back. That's the best part. That's cool as fuck. Just like that the you know people giving a shit you know and actually like supporting people they like and like i see their tweets and they're like yo i'm fucking broke i can't believe i flew a plane to go see this band it's like that's still so sick that you did it they're like we appreciate it so absolutely absolutely so all i'm saying is that if you're listening and considering a road trip or a fly out to see some band come to ontario because we have like one of the best scenes obviously i'm biased but um but we do we do um thank you thank you so much for taking some time here with spinning thoughts and um what is what's next for like pacific so we're working on some songs right now i've been in the studio um and there's gonna be a new record on pure noise uh we're recording it very soon i can't tell you when it's gonna be anything but we got we got a lot of stuff coming up so you know more tours and stuff like that to be announced but yeah Okay, so people should keep an eye on your the socials. The ball will keep rolling for sure. It's it's we've we've you know we've been kind of stagnant for a while, and we don't really address it just because it's like it's hard to like you know we haven't done anything in a little bit, but it's gonna change again. So that's it. Yeah, keep an eye out. Hey man, this is my first interview back for like four months. So oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> I do appreciate uh, your time. And just before we wrap, is there anything else that you would like to add? Thank you for letting me be 28, almost 29 years old, and be in a band, and everyone in my work thinks I'm really cool. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And so until next time, we will share music and spread love. Thanks, man. Yes, of course. Thank you. I would like to thank Jordan Black of Like Pacific for being here for episode 198 of Spinning Thoughts. Love that band. Make sure you check them out. We're on all social media at Spin Thoughts. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com. And we have premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Those episodes become available on all podcast platforms the following Monday. We'll be back again soon. Until next time, make sure you share music, spread love. to get in mine.